Life Audio. As we go through today's psalm, I think that what you'll find or what you'll learn is that there's an emphasis on how God builds up and how he gathers. And I think that's so fitting for this last week of the Psalms, because that's what we have seen consistently from Yahweh God over and over, that despite our fallen humanity, our unfaithfulness to him, the way that just as believers, even we tend to forget him and act on our own way, we see this thread woven throughout the Psalms where God continues to build up and gather and forgive. He remains faithful. And so I love that emphasis. And again, as this entire week will show, this psalm begins and ends with hallelujah, this call to worship. We're going to talk about all this and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. This is our final week in the Psalm series, and I don't know about you, in some ways it feels like it's gone on forever, and in other ways it feels like it's gone really quickly, I think because we're just learning so much. And I don't know if you've ever studied the Psalms before, but this was the first time I really dug in consistently and did this deep study through every single Psalm. And it's taught me so much, not just about Jesus and this foreshadowing of him that we see in the Psalms, but also about Israel and God's faithfulness to Israel, despite the way that they were disobedient to him even. I think it brings us great encouragement as modern readers as we understand this passage or these passages more clearly. Today we're going through Psalm 147 and I'm reading from the NIV. But before we get into that, I just want to let you know that starting next week, we're going to be doing the She Hears Bible Study together. And if you've been a fan of the show for a long time, then perhaps this will be a repeat for you. But what we learned when we went back and we looked over our analytics is, and I mentioned this earlier this week and last week, at the time when I aired that She Hears content. It was some of the very first content I released on the show that She Hears Bible Study was getting maybe three or 400 downloads you know, each day. Now we're at between 15 to 20,000 downloads each day. And what I can tell from the analytics is that a lot of you have not listened to that series. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that as an online Bible study format. If you want to do that with us, you can go to shehears.org and get a copy for yourself. I have it as a bundle on the, on the website. And that is just simply to save you a little bit of money. It comes with the color highlighters because I teach the color method of Bible study in, in that book. And the reason for that is it's to give you a tool to use to understand and read the scriptures after you're finished with the Bible study. And then I also include the Gospel of John as a journal. So then that way, if you don't want to write in your Bible, you don't have to. There's just another resource available for you. 
you can get those all at the resources section of shehears.org. We are also going to be doing lives for question and answers every Thursday in the Facebook group. And so you can join that. That's totally free to join. And you don't have to be present at the live to get your question answered. You can submit the question ahead of time and the replays will be up for that. And again, that's all free. Just another resource to make sure that you are understanding and putting into practice the things that you're learning. So super excited to go through that again with, with most of you. If it's new to you, that's great. If it's it's second time around. There's a lot of people that I hear from that they learn more on the second time around because they're more confident with a color method or, you know, every time you read scripture, it's alive and it can mean something different to you depending where you're at in your life. So I pray that you would join us. And for those of you that are planning to join us, I'm praying that God would prepare your hearts even right now. But for today, we're going to go through Psalm 147. And again, just as a reminder for the Psalms resources, if you look in the show notes, the description, every single day, I have a journaling prompt and a key verse for you to journal. Because journaling, I think, is a really good way to get the information from your head into your heart. If you would like those emailed to you at the end of the week, on the Monday following the week, I will send you in the newsletter the journaling prompts from each day. And if you would like previous episodes journaling prompts and you don't want to go through all the show notes, you can go to the resources section and look for the guided Psalms journals. Again, just more resources to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. So starting at verse one of Psalm 147 today, praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. You know, as we go through this psalm, I want to just point out, and this is like this for all five psalms this week, this psalm starts and ends with praise the Lord. In the original text, it would have been hallelujah. And I think that's so important for us as we're studying, because there's this element of praise that we are starting and finishing. And when we read the Psalms, I think that's a call to our heart as well, to start and end with praise. And I love that aspect because we see this trajectory of Israel's history from in the Psalms, from the Red Sea to the Promised Land and from Cap Babylonian captivity and everything in between, we see this thread woven throughout their lives where God remains faithful and he is worthy to be praised. So I love that there's this reminder in this concluding doxology, Psalms 146 through 150, as we close out the Psalter. 
that there's this reminder of this resounding praise that we should be left with. In this psalm, what the psalmist is doing is calling on the community of God to praise him. And it's providing this motivation by recalling God's power and his wisdom and his provision and his protection of his people. And so we see that woven throughout the psalm. But the verse I want to call your attention to is in verse two, the psalmist says that God builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the exile of Israel. That is an indication that this psalm was probably composed after the time that they were celebrating the return from Babylon. But I want that to be in the back of your mind, this idea of how God builds up and he gathers. One of the things that we recognize in this psalm, and just as life as a believer, is we were created as the creation to praise the creator. And so when it talks about worship being good and pleasant and fitting, in the scriptures, it's an indication to us that God's people are made to do that, are made to praise. We were made to praise. And so as we enter into that praise of God, there's a joy that we experience that can only be experienced when we praise him. And so that phrase, singing praises, could also be understood to refer to singing the Psalms because remember, the book of Psalms is known as the Hebrew book of praises. It was the praise book and the hymn book and the prayer book of Jesus and the disciples. And so I think sometimes we get stuck when maybe, I hear this from a lot of people and I've experienced this myself, maybe you know you need to pray or you feel this called to pray or to praise God or to worship, but you just don't know what to do. This Psalms, Psalm 147 could be a way to to step into that need because it lays out for us this really amazing way to praise God, recalling his power and his glory. And verses two through six is where we really see that. And it's talking about how God has built up Jerusalem. And by extension, we understand that to mean that God is the builder of his people. And so this section gives us these reasons for worship. God is powerful, all powerful, and he's wise. His wisdom is far above anything else in existence. And then he manifests those things in very concrete ways. He gathers the exiles. He builds up the holy city of Jerusalem. Um, the returned exiles, if you think about this, they had been living in captivity and now they have returned. What would have that what would that have meant for them emotionally, physically, spiritually? They would have been struggling because they've come back to a destroyed city. Not do they not only do they have the physical responsibility of rebuilding the city, but everything that they had lived for and worked for as a people group was now gone. So there would have been an emotional struggle there. But what do we see? God takes care of them. And so if God knows each of the stars in the sky personally, scripture says he calls them by name, he would know every hurt of each one of his people. That's true for them then. And it's true for us now. Think about this. I'm going to say it again so you don't miss it. If scripture says that God knows each of the stars in the sky personally, personally. He calls those stars by name. Look up to the sky tonight. If, if you're anywhere near a, an area where you can see the stars, if not Google a picture, but look at how vast those stars are. And yet God knows each of those stars by name. 
But as believers, we are made in his image. We are more important than the stars. So he knows you by name. He knows your hurts. He knows your celebrations. He knows those things that you're struggling with emotionally, physically, spiritually. He knows. And we serve a God that reaches into that hurting place and intervenes and gives us peace and helps us out of that mess. And so God helps us, especially when we cannot help ourselves. That's that meaning of the word humble. It means those that can't help themselves. God helps those. That's an important part that I don't want you to miss. And then of course it goes on in verse seven to talk about singing to the Lord. And it's again, this appeal to this community to worship with God with praise. And there's this call for musical accompaniment. And so this is this picture of essentially a praise and worship service. And then in verses eight through nine, it moves into this provision of God. I actually think we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we'll unpack that part. Stay tuned. So in this section, we're talking about how God provides. So there's this secondary motivation that this psalm gives to praise God. And so he's providing all these things, the rain that makes the grass grow, which that produces feed for the animals to eat. And the animals are feed for those that are living on the land and even things like the cattle and the ravens to eat. But essentially that's food for us to eat as well. The, the, the ability to see this progression between how God provides each step of the way in that whole circle of life. And then there's an allusion to remember in Job 38 and 39, how God sets Job in his place. And he describes how he maintains the weather and he cares for the animals. And so there's this reminder in this section of how God as the creator cares for and provides for his creation. And then down in 10 and 11, it's talking about how God loves those who fear him, those that are followers of his. And so God is not as concerned about human appearance or skill. He really could not care less about the ability of his creatures, like the strength of the horse. What he cares about is that people put their hope in him, in his unfailing love, his, that unfailing love, meaning has said that loyal, that loyalty kind of love, that faithful kind of love. The fear of God is not, again, we've talked about this on the, in the Psalm series multiple times. The fear of God is not the kind of emotion that makes us scared and runs away. It's more of a respect, this awe. And so it's this emotion that causes us to fall to our knees and bow our heads because of how amazing he is and the fact that he would want a relationship with us. And so as we fear God, we acknowledge his power. We acknowledge where we are at in relationship to him. We acknowledge that our hope is in him because he is the one that is holding everything together, not us. We, we can hope in ourselves, but those hopes are temporary until the money runs out or the power runs out. Those things are not eternal. Our hope in God is what's eternal because hoping, hoping in ourselves that's temporary. It's a, it's only going to last as long as this lifetime lasts. You know, for even those that have all the money in the world and all the power in the world, once they die, that stuff is gone. The eternal hope is in God. 
And so God's unfailing love that has said that loyal kind of love is referring to this loyalty that comes from this place of covenant where he promises to be their God and they will be his people. And that covenant promise is still available to us today through Jesus. And then moving in towards the end of the psalm, it's again this understanding of how God provides. And so the psalmist is concluding with this long series of motivations to praise God. And then this final exhortation where he says, praise the Lord. And so God, we see this thread. He blesses Jerusalem by strengthening Jerusalem by providing by, you know, it talks about the gate. The gate was the most vulnerable part of the city and the bars were what held the gates in place to keep the enemy out. And so, you know, if you think back to um, Jonah, like Jonah in when he went to the city of Nineveh and Nahum says, the gates of your land are wide open to your enemies. Fire has consumed the bars of your gates. The security of those gates really determined the rise and fall of that city. And so security extends beyond the city walls to the borders of the nations. And so the people that live within this border, it's saying essentially that they have plenty of food, the finest of wheat. And so if we're, we're coming back to this psalm, what the psalmist is doing is he's picturing God as the controller of the weather by the power of his word. He's the one who brings the snow and the frost and the hail, but then he also commands them to melt. And what does that melting do? It brings flowing water, which everything depends on to produce fertility with the crops and food for the animals to eat. Everything revolves around God's command. And so the weather of course, affects the whole world, but it affects God's people, in this case, Jacob or Israel. And he's revealing that this way that he rules a world is revealing of his law and his will. And so the law of God is this final reason for praising God and that the psalmist points out. And I I love this psalm, not just because of the way it lays out how and why we should praise God, but it reminds us that God is powerful and he is wise. He's in control of nature. He cares for the animals just as much as he cares for the people, particularly in this situation. He's talking about the exiles, those that are emotionally broken, spiritually wandering, physically broken. God cares about those people and he is just, he sustains the humble. He brings down the wicked. He protects his people. And so he gives them his law to help protect them. All of these reasons are reasons that we have to praise God that the psalmist points out for us. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read Psalm 147 again, starting at verse one. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. 
Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to the borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His words run swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blasts? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Father God, we praise you. We praise you that you are the creator. And as the creation, we have the opportunity to be in relationship with you, to see your hand of blessing and provision, the way that you gather up and provide for not just Israel, but for us, for your people. Lord, we thank you that you are the one that heal the brokenhearted. You are the one that binds up wounds. God, we know and we recognize that even though you determine the number of stars and call them by name, even more so do you know us by name. You know our hearts. You know our hurts. You know the things we celebrate and the things we fear, the things we carry. Lord God, thank you for being the God that reaches into that place. Thank you for being a God that intimately cares about us. Lord, I pray for my friend today that no matter where they're at, if they are in a season of celebration or a season of sorrow, they would sense your presence and your love. It's in the name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.